Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Lee Road Baptist Church. I'm Andrew. I'm one of the ministers here. And joining me this morning to lead our opportunity for worship is Jane. Morning, Jane. Morning. It's good to see you. Thank you. We've got a lot of folk already uh, signed in online, so uh, some of these names will be familiar to you. Uh, Crazy Cello Lady Dave is there. Linda, uh, Christine, Chris, Cecilia, and others are all coming in online. So it's good to see you all watching at home this morning. So Jane, how's your week been? Very good, thank you. It's been you. a bit wet and then suddenly <laughs> it's been sunny and it's been a bit of a strange week, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I took the decision this morning, coming out my door not to uh, bring an umbrella, got to the top of the road, got absolutely drenched. So my shoes are still wet. Yeah, I saw you coming in looking a little yeah. bit... Drowned rat. Damp, yeah. I think is the word. Yeah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you are worthy to receive honour and glory and praise. Bless us this morning as we gather together in this place. May the thoughts of our hearts be pleasing to you. Creator God, powerful, all-knowing and ever-present, assure us of your presence by the Holy Spirit. We are completely amazed at the stunning wonder of your creation. Father, we're equally amazed that you know us and value each one of us. We praise you that everyone is equal in your sight, known and loved by you. We praise you, Father, that your love is revealed to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. As created beings, we long for love and we need security. We praise you that through Jesus, we have access to your grace. All of us may come into your presence. The relationship between you and us has been restored because of Jesus' death and resurrection. Father, we are humbled by your love. We long to know more of you. In the midst of change and turmoil, help us to listen, help us to grow in confidence, and help us to trust you more. Amen. A lot of people are signing in online this morning, so it's good to hear from Bob and Sonny, from David, from Helen, from another David, from Alan, from Denise, morning Denise, uh, from Judy, from Andy and Ruth, uh, and Ruth has signed in separately from Alan, and there's all sorts of uh, interesting comments going on, but you'll see those if you're online, and if you're here, you don't really need to see those, so don't uh, worry about it. Jane. You're our facilities manager and Mm. things are changing. Tomorrow it's the 7th of May and uh, we know that certain restrictions are loosening up. I thought it would be a good idea just to hear uh, folk at home or here this morning. What does that mean for us as a a site? Okay. So the big thing is that we're able to do different things now. So um, if you're in a small group and if you're uh, praying and doing Bible study... Uh, you've been uh, permitted to come into the presence, but so just to say that again, that if you'd like to make use of coming up here, give me a shout. 
Um, the other thing is that's rather exciting is that people that in the past have hired the premises to do different classes and activities, some of those are now permitted activities. So, for example, we have adult ballet on Monday evening. I believe David's signing up oh, for okay. adult ballet, and, yes. Um, all sorts of other uh, Pilates, and, and these are the people that uh, are responsible for those activities hire the building, but those classes can now take place. So it means that we're getting really busy. We've been busy anyway because the preschool have been open all the time, uh, and certain other activities have always been permitted throughout the lockdown. So along with church, there, there have been a couple of other things the other big news is uh, that the fabulous cafe, which now occupies 189 Lee Road, uh, that used to be the Oasis Cafe, as of tomorrow, they can open their doors and they can serve people inside. They've been serving people outside in the wet and the rain, uh, so it's good news for them. And I've seen the weather forecast for Monday, so I think they'll be glad they yeah. can open their doors. Yeah and yeah. have people in. Jane, the other thing that you're involved with, and it mm. relates to mm. the fabulous cafe, mm. is the, 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 the space next door, which we're calling at the moment Hub 191. Mm. We've retained that. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about what you'd like people to engage with as far as that is concerned. So the big news this week on that is behind the scenes there's been a working party uh, that's just been doing some thinking and praying about how that space can best be used. And our feeling is that it would be really great if it was a space that was neutral, i.e. anybody could use it and that we could partner with people to do certain things. Um, so one of the primary things that we'd like to do in that space, kind of already established, is to work more with the Fabulous Cafe in order that they can um, keep, uh, achieve their objectives, uh, which if you don't know is that they're running the cafe as a training and volunteering place for people over the age of 18 uh, who have additional needs, those people that don't generally get those kind of employment opportunities. So as a church, we're really keen to support them, uh, but we're also putting our feelers out to see what else is happening on in the community, uh, individually and as groups. And so we're launching a survey. It's going to be online. You'll find out about it through social media or through our weekly update. You'll also find uh, we're going to put a QR code up in the window of 191 so that hopefully anybody that's passing has got a smartphone, they can access uh, the survey. And the purpose of the survey is we recognize that coming out of lockdown, uh, it's a different place. It feels like a different terrain, a different environment. And we're just wanting to find out what's important to people, what's affected people through the pandemic, and if there's anything that we can co-labour with and, and do together. And there's a paper copy available for those yeah. who aren't? Yeah, there will be paper copies available um, in the next two, three, four so weeks. So it's a listening process yeah. to find out what those needs are. So if you're at home or you're here this morning, you'd like to take part of that survey, watch this space. And, yeah. we'll make to, and people have got about a month, haven't they? Yeah, so that kind of window. So yeah. we, we don't need it by next yeah. week, yeah. but yeah. in the next few yeah. weeks. Yeah. That's great. So as usual this morning, we're going to pose a question. If you're at home, uh, you can engage with this by putting an answer up 
Um, if we can have the question up on the screen. When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. You'll recognise uh, that phrase. When has this been a helpful phrase for you? So if you're here, have a think about that and be thinking about your answer to that before we come and engage with the Bible. And then I have a look at that later. If you're at home, perhaps you'd like to engage with that online in the chat and we can pick that up a little later. But Jane, you're going to read for us now. Thank you. So two passages, both from 1 Peter. Uh, the first is uh, chapter three, thirteen to 18 from the message. If with heart and soul you're doing good, do you think you can be stopped? Even if you suffer for it, you're still better off. Don't give the opposition a second thought. Through thick and thin... Keep your hearts at attention in adoration before Christ your master. Be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you're living the way you are and always with the utmost courtesy. Keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mud at you, none of it will stick. They'll end up realizing that they're the ones who need a bath. It's better to suffer for doing good, if that's what God wants, than to be punished for doing bad. That's what Christ did definitively. Suffered because of others' sins, the righteous one for the unrighteous ones. He went through it all, was put to death, and then made alive to bring us to God. And then the second passage is from 1 Peter 1, 1 to 6. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. Think of your sufferings as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue God what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. You're already putting your time in that God-ignorant way of life, parting night after night, a drunken and profligate life. Now it's time to be done with it for good. Of course, your old friends don't understand why you don't join in with the old gang anymore. But you don't have to give an account to them. They're the ones who will be called on the carpet and before God himself. Listen to the message. It was preached to those believers who are now dead. And yet even though they died, just as all people must, they will still get in on the life that God has given in Jesus. Thanks, Jane. I wonder over the last 14 months, how many times you've heard uh, these words. Your call is important to us. Please hold the line. You are 14th in the queue. Or maybe a message has come up on your computer screen. We're here to help you. And a little chat box appears offering help. Of course, People want you to engage with them so that there is a, a sell-on. 
And if we're researching perhaps a new broadband deal or pet insurance or you're trying to book a week's holiday in June uh, in St Ives in Cornwall, good luck with that because I don't think there's many spaces available, or you're trying to find a new mobile phone deal, you'll be familiar with that sort of response. Because all good businesses all want customer retention. It's a vital for them to be proactive uh, as well as reactive to current and potential customers. If they have questions, they want to answer them for you to help you, and obviously they want you to buy their product. Good customer service agents do their best, don't they, to understand what it is that we want to know. And they want to provide us with relevant information uh, that is clear and easy to understand. And then they might ask you that question right at the end, is there anything else I can help you with today? And what they're wanting you to say is yes. So there's an on sale and they may suggest some next steps. But I have a question for us all this morning. How can followers of Jesus help inquirers, searchers? How can we help them respond when those on our front lines ask us questions about how we live and the faith that we have? And what are the next steps? In those bits of Peter's letter that Jane has read today from the Bible, Peter writes to these new and isolated and yet faithful followers of Jesus and he encourages them to do a number of things. The first one, he says, look, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what people might say about how you live your lives. But he also says, look, be prepared to explain why you live the way that you do, why you have the views that you have. But he also says, look, do that with grace. Let your lives speak out well, he says. It's not just about what we say, but the way we say it. It's not just about why we live that way. It's the way that we live. How then should we talk about faith? How then should we live those lives? Not by doing good casually, but by doing good intentionally, with perseverance and grace. And if we're eager to live uh, like this, Paul is saying that God will work through us. He'll use us to season the world in which we live. And that is where his quiet confidence comes from. And that's because all true followers of Jesus know that God sent Jesus to live like us. Because Christ's followers believe that Jesus Christ was and is the Son of God. The God-man, fully human, yet fully divine. And through believing in him and following his teachings, they can know about abundant life, both now and in the future. They believe that Jesus died for humanity, that God raised him from the dead, and that Jesus will come again at the end of time. And in addition, the Holy Spirit, God's presence, is here in the world today. This is the basis that Peter is encouraging people to say, this is your faith. This is what you're about. This is what marks you out for the way that you live and how you live. 
And that's true for us today. So the then question is, well, that's what we believe, but how do we do this? How then shall we live? And this is where that song title comes in. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Some of us will remember uh, that song by Billy Ocean. Well, that may be helpful, and it may be motivational for some, but when life is tough, taking that line isn't always helpful. We're not all motivated and fired up, as that quote might suggest. Another way to react to what life throws at us is to face the storm and to hold our position, not to scream and shout and protest and ask, what have I done to deserve this, like Dusty Springfield and the Pet Shop Boys. In this letter, Peter focuses on the difficulties and the challenges and the sufferings followers of Jesus can experience as a result of just being who they are. And he calls us to live a quiet life that is God-centred. And much of what he says to encourage them can encourage us today. We're living in a complex world, just as they were. Things are changing almost by the day, as we have heard earlier on. And that's true for us as well. And sometimes we just have to hold on to life and faith and wait for the wind to blow itself out. And it will. That's hard for many of us, I know. But it will. These things shall pass. Because the creator of the wind is stronger than the wind itself. And it may take time. And in our instant world, where resilience and patience and perseverance don't come naturally to us, that can be hard. But let's stop for a moment and think. Have we not learnt some of those things? Patience, resilience, perseverance. Have we not learnt them afresh over these last 14 months? It may take time. But holding our position and holding on to faith will work. Because this too shall pass. Let's look at the natural world. Getting on with the business of living and being and facing the storm. And maybe that's part of the problem. We're not content often as individuals to be who we are, who God made us to be, who Jesus died for. My Jack Russell doesn't expect to be anything else than a Jack Russell dog. But yet we often have that sense that we want to be something different. But we are who we are, just as God made us to be, just as Jesus died for. We constantly want to be something that we're not, don't we? Something different. And that can create tensions in our lives and our places of work and what we do at leisure, and particularly in our relationships. It can cause us to be discontent with the possessions that we have or the, the way that we think we should be living. It can cause unhappiness in so many people because they can't achieve what they want to. It can cause isolation 
and anxiety in ourselves. The call here that Peter has is to the followers of Jesus to be confident in the message of God. Confident in who God is, confident in all that Jesus has done for us and confident in the presence of the Holy Spirit in the world today. Therefore, he's saying, be confident, not arrogant, not overconfident, not offensive, and he clearly says not to be that. But he also says, don't be fearful. Be confident quietly in your faith and who you are in your identity. We're called to do that, living in our towns, in our places of work, in our places of leisure, not apologetic for who we are and how we live, but comfortable in our faith and the God that we worship. So how does that actually work out? Well, I'm going to read a story, uh, and uh, it's a true story, of how this works out in somebody's life. Holes in the wall, stains on the carpet and muddy plates piled up next to the sink. It was a typical uni household. People were constantly in and out and if you wanted to sleep, you somehow had to drift off with drum and bass music pounding through the wall. Casual sex, excessive drinking and recreational drugs were the norm in these halls of residence. During her first year at university, this is where Emily called home. But she was confident though. Confident in the truth and the power of the message of God. Confident of her identity as a follower of Jesus. Now living well in this grotty context meant not doing some some things. Not sleeping around, not illicit drugs or heavy drinking. They were definitely not on her agenda. But living out her identity and purpose meant more than just saying no. It meant saying yes to different things. That's true. Yes to caring for friends. Yes to having fun. Yes to blessing others. Yes to sharing her faith appropriately. And on a few occasions, people accused Emily of being boring, a killjoy. But in the face of Emily's kind and joyous life, their words rang hollow. Everyone knew Emily made their lives better. Emily was confident in the message of God. Confident in who God is confident in all that Jesus had done for her and confident in the presence of the Holy Spirit in her life. And therefore, she was confident in who she is. Let's pray. Father God, just as Emily was confident, we ask that you will help us to be confident too. Not in an aggressive way but knowing who it is that we can put our trust in, knowing in your message, knowing and responding to all that Christ has done for us, knowing that your Holy Spirit is with us in all things and at all times. Therefore, confident in who we are. Forgive us if sometimes we may seem arrogant or negative, but help us to say yes. Help us to make a difference where we live, where we work, where we spend our leisure time. 
Hear our prayer, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've got uh, a number of comments online. Looking at uh, that song that we've just heard about seeing God's glory and help, Cecilia uh, says, when the going gets tough, we can get going with God's help, especially when we're not feeling very tough. Others have talked about uh, it's really difficult when people are in hospital. Um, Others have talked about when uh, things are tough, when faith is stretched, particularly when some of the hard things of life uh, go through. Jane, Hmm. the going gets tough, the tough get going. Does that relate to you at all, or are you someone who finds that sort of phrase challenging? It's not a helpful phrase to me. Yeah. Yeah. We recognise for some it is, but for some people it's not very motivational and it's challenging, isn't it? What did you make of Emily's story? I mean, I I don't know what you were thinking of, but we've got uh, our offspring are of similar age and uh, probably were at university at similar times, although Hmm. uh, yours are slightly younger, and they will have gone through all that sort of thing. And yet how, how... how this woman kept faith was was really important Mm. and um it's challenging isn't it it's it really resonated with me this story um because believe it or not um 40 years ago (laughs) uh, i was at university i was at university and found myself in a really similar situation yeah yeah, i can relate and um I'd become a Christian when I was 16, and so when I went up to university, it was a little bit make or break. I was a little bit tempted to kind of just park it, you know, get on with all the exciting things that there were that on offer. And um, through God's grace, I didn't park it, although I was really tempted to, um, because so much shines so much brighter. But I, I kind of stuck with it and, and those stories, I can remember just one occasion, just really desperate to be in with a crowd of people that I was friends with and, and kind of not to stand out as something that, somebody that was distinctively Christian and up to no fun. But on this occasion, I felt that I really couldn't participate and it was in the annual pyjama jump uh, and it, it comprised of people getting in their pyjamas, going from pub to pub in the city where the university was, and just generally having a really fabulous time. And I just felt that it was something that I couldn't do, but I still wanted to be friends. So I was completely miserable the evening that everybody was out. Um, but, but I retained the friendship. And it's just really, really interesting that some of those people that I knew then are still really good friends with me now. Um, it's not that anybody out, out of that particular group of people have come to faith, but it's I've got relationship with them, and we talk about faith, and we, and we kind of live life. So it's always been a little bit of a quest of mine. These, these verses in 1 Peter, I absolutely love them, about kind of setting your, in your heart, set apart, setting Christ apart as Lord, and then when you have opportunity to, to speak of what hope you have. I mean, I, I relate to that for similar reasons. Um, but when I heard that, when I read that mm. story during the week, I think my bigger challenge was when I was in business after mm. that period. 
and some of the business practices that were around, and mm. possibly still are, and it holding on to faith and mm. values, but you, not in a negative way, um, actually had a beneficial effect, I believe, for the company that mm. I was working for, the people I was w working with, but it didn't mean I entered into all the, particularly the, uh, the post-team-building-away uh, weekends that mm. you go on, mm. or I went on. Um, I didn't have to get involved in all that, mm. but there was a sense, and I related very much to her, uh, the, the bit in the, in the, in the story, uh, when it says this. Um, on a few occasions, she says, she accused her of being boring. It's not that, it's the next bit. But on the face of it, Emily's kind and joyous life, those words rung hollow when people accused her. And this is the bit. Everyone knew Emily made their lives better. And somebody actually very kindly said that to me once, that uh, even though uh, I was around and, and uh, stuff was happening, they knew I wouldn't mm. engage, mm. but they knew I was the safe driver mm. to take them mm. home. Mm. Or I was the person that would be looking out for them. Yeah. And it sounds a bit soft, but it wasn't. Mm. Quite tough at mm. times. Mm. Um, but yet that was important for me mm. and I didn't do it because I wanted personal recognition. Mm. I just believe that was a way mm. of working out my faith mm. in that context. Jane, thank you for that. Let me just pray for us all and then uh, you're going to uh, talk through the notices with us. Let's pray. Indeed I am. Father God, this passage is really helpful because it helps us really relate our lives and our faiths, the faith that we seek uh, to lead for you in the real context of the real world. Help us, we pray. Lord, we know there's sometimes when we don't get it right and we need to seek forgiveness. But Lord, we thank you that you're a God who is able and just to forgive us. And uh, we ask that you would help us to be the best people we can be in, in the various contexts in which we live and move. Hear our prayers, we ask. Amen. Amen. So I believe we have some notices. And I think the first one is going to be about the LICC course that's coming up. I hate going to the dentist. Do you? I know that it's good for me to go, it makes my teeth healthy. I know that when I get there, I should open my mouth, but I'm pretty sure that when I do, something bad is gonna to happen to me. I think a lot of us feel the same way about sharing our faith. We know that it's healthy to talk to others about what we believe, but we're pretty sure that when we open our mouths, something bad is gonna happen. But what if, what if we could create a confidence at the heart of our community? A confidence around sharing our faith? Here's a test for you. I wonder how many of you use Colgate. I wonder how many of you can remember some of the early adverts. They were, they were so funny. They were quite incredible. But there's a particular line that they use. And I bet some of you will know it and can finish my sentence. This particular one that I watched was strangely set in a, in a shooting gallery. Two ladies uh, are having a shooting lesson and this guy, the instructor, comes up 
and he pays particular attention to one of the ladies. When he's left, her friend says to her, you're his favourite. And as she says that, this ring, bright ring, appears around her head. And her friend says to her, what's that? And the lady says, Colgate, ring of confidence. It's hilarious. <laughs> I guess we shouldn't knock it because they're a pretty successful company. What if we could become more confident about sharing our faith? What if we could, as church communities, learn how to be confident in talking to each other about the beliefs we have about the story of our relationship with Jesus? And that that would help us then to go out into all the places we find ourselves to share with others. What are the things that inhibit us from sharing our faith? What are the questions that we think will get asked at the school gate, in the school, in our workplace or by a neighbour in our street? What is the Bible actually asking us to do? Well, this is the topic of our next Learning Hub session together, and I'd love you to join us. Your core teams will be there as usual, but if this is a subject that is dear to you, if this is something you want to see your church community grow in, or if you just want to grow in it yourself, why not come and join us? We're meeting together again on Saturday the 12th of June from 10 in the morning till 1 o'clock online. You can get the details from your church administrator or from your minister. I'd love to see you there. What's that? Sharing my faith. Ring of confidence. Oh man, I'm losing the plot with these videos. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, can't commend this course highly enough. It's the fourth in the series. Um, please make sure that you're there. Uh, we've got some other notices. Uh, next Sunday, we're uh, here again. Uh, on site, 9 o'clock and at 10.30. The 10.30 uh, service will be streamed. We're also open as per to take donations for the South End Food Bank every Sunday, Monday and Wednesday between 10 and 11. And uh, if you would like to give to the work of uh, Lee Road Baptist Church and all that we're about in the community, you can do so. Um, you can donate five pounds by texting LRBC on two, uh, sorry, 70970, or to donate 10 pounds, text LRBC to 70191. Thank you very much. So let me pray at the end of our time together. Father God, this week, whatever we go into, wherever we go or whether we stay at home, whether we find life challenging or whether we're just waiting until the storm finishes, help us in all these things, we pray. And may we know your blessing wherever we go and whatever we do. Hear our prayer now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you want to join us in the coffee room, that will open in about seven minutes. But it's been good to see you online and here within the building.